Welcome to the Wealth Delight Podcast. This relaxing space invites you to gently grow your wealth while prioritizing pleasure, humanity, and our planet. We will be exploring the complex, nuanced relationship between your identity and money in a way that challenges patriarchal, colonial ideas and power systems. I'm your host, Jennifer Creedboss. I'm an ADHD, highly sensitive money and grief coach currently living in Berlin with my husband. Here we forgive ourselves for our past mistakes and celebrate how much we've grown. Let's get into the show. I loved this conversation with Cassie. I'm so excited for you to listen. Cassie is a mentor uh, for women. She is so genuine. She is so grounded and she's earned over $10 million in her business. And you can feel that she's truly self-made. She left high school. She didn't come from a wealthy family. Her first business, first, first of her many businesses, one of the first businesses was a blog about living off of coupons because she was had so little money and living so frugally. And as she did well with that, someone was saying, hey, how do you monetize a blog? Can you teach me this? And that kind of opened the door to coaching, business coaching. Then in 2015, she got really good at making money, but really burnt out and was not building wealth, meaning managing money, putting money into assets. It was all just creating money. She's excellent at creating money and has really excellent tips in this episode about um, marketing and, and speaking to the person that you are truly serving, doing what feels fun, breaking the rules, trusting yourself, listening to yourself, living a life of freedom. It's so, so good. Listen to it. Listen to it multiple times. Hope you enjoy. You're such a boss. Um, you've built a huge business, like eight-figure business. Yeah. Super impressive. It's incredible. It's, it's still kind of weird when I even think about it, like, because it wasn't that long ago that I was in the negative. Like my business was doing practically like, nothing. Like how long ago? So 2015, I started and wow. I did really well for like the first three years. And then everything just kind of blew up in my face because okay, I wait. didn't define build really it in the well. right way. Define really so, well and blow up in your face. I'm so curious. Got it. <laughs> so really well was the first three years we did 1.2 million in cash, which what? was crazy for me because it was a brand new industry that I had never been in before at, at all. Yeah. And when I say blow up in my face, I mean, all the money was gone. Like all right. of it was gone. And okay. I couldn't even tell you where most of it went. It was just, right. I didn't understand it, money or make it. Got, was it plowed back into your business? Was it that thing that you were just <laughs> mostly, mostly yeah. yes. But it was also just a bunch of just stuff that I, I had made so much money so quickly yeah. That, excuse me, that I didn't even know what to do with it. That I was just like buying things, and just like random stuff. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like no, no management. And I know like for so many people, that's not the case, right? It's, it, it takes so much longer to build. So yeah. how, 
Like, how did that happen even in your first year? Because that means if it's 1.2 million in three years, that's like $400,000 a year, essentially. Yes. Yes. So we did. So it's 250. Right. Five and then like 480 or something. And then four. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go in knowing like, this is my strategy, like how did that Mm -hmm. happen? No, it was the, the way that I did it, which is, I wouldn't recommend this way to anyone, but I also don't regret it because I learned so much from it, but I basically just worked constantly. (laughs) Like I'm talking 18 plus hour days, 365 days of the year. Like it was insane. I got sick. I ended up in the hospital, like everything in the hospital with, with what? With like a burnout? From overworking essentially. Yeah. Like it was overworking and then anxiety from overworking and like trying to push myself further than was really healthy for me to do. Got it. And for those 18 hour days, like what were you doing? Were you coaching? Were you marketing? Like what, what was, what were you doing? Cause I feel like I'm asking, cause I feel like so many people are like, I don't even know what I would be doing for 18 hours. Yeah. Neither did I until I was there. And so it was mostly a lot of busy work. Like a lot of it really wasn't necessary. It wasn't really because it brought in (laughs) $250,000, but only a few things brought in that money. And a lot of the other time I spent on stuff wasn't really like income generating activities that would have made sense, but it was a lot of like, I'm going to research things. I'm going to like watch YouTube videos on certain subjects. And so it's not like the learning was bad or like nothing came from it, yeah. but it wasn't directly correlated to the money that was made. That was mostly from marketing. I created content. I showed up in Facebook groups. That was like my main place that I would, I would go and I would hang out in these groups all day long. And I would just respond to people. I would answer questions and I would wow. share my own tips and like stuff like that. So it was a lot of content. And back then people were a lot more open about selling in Facebook groups. So you were allowed yeah. to sell and so I was selling things yes. in other people's groups as well. Right. And and less people were doing that. Like I feel maybe now almost 10 years later, um, it's yeah, it's, there's kind of boundaries been put in because maybe so many people did it. But back exactly. then, no one even knew. I mean, gosh, 2015, I don't even think I knew that this like this industry was like it was just growing. It wasn't. Yeah. But you yeah, knew it. it was so different. Uh, yeah. And I had never even heard about the coaching industry. Somebody had recommended it to me after seeing like my blogs and stuff that I was doing and I was making money blogging. And they're like, you should be a business Dang. coach. Like you're so good at teaching people Got how to it. make money on the internet. And I was like, what's a business right. coach? And then yeah. I kind of went down the rabbit hole and okay, that was what that were you blogging me. on? What were you blogging on? So actually I was blogging on frugal living, couponing and freebies. Which is like total opposite of what I do now. But you knew how to do frugal living, then you made a million dollars and lost it all. So interesting. Right? Exactly. Because I was, I was frugal in the sense where I knew how to get a deal, but I was buying all these things that I didn't need because they were a deal. Okay. Which really is not the most frugal thing in the world. Yes, yes, yes. I so, I so get that it's like we can misuse tools you know how like everything can yeah. become a compulsion and then it's like mm-hmm. this yeah, is a good habit but... okay so you were blogging about that okay and that was your your entry into it then you were clearly you had really built that muscle of the marketing the writer yeah. you're such a writer you have such a like a funny voice I was thinking like when I when I look at your brand and content it's like Vogue meets this like 
bossy, witty British nanny, I find. <laughs> like, you know, Ooh, you know, I like, like that. Like, stop, <laughs> yeah. stop whining. Stop, you know, yeah. stop being impatient. And like, yeah. you'll get it. And I'm going to make some yeah. like little, little jokes along. It's a time. little inspiration with a little ass kicking at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like both mixed together. Yeah. But with love, that, always with love. Always with love, always with love. And yeah. what, um, I think I saw one of your threads and it was something like someone was like, oh, this, this is so expensive. So I doubled my prices. Like there's this little sort of rebellious, um, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. was that always there in even the blogging days or did that kind of develop through your experience coaching? Well, it was there in the, in the blogging days, but when I came into the coaching space for the first few months or so, I was not like that. I actually was like a, what I just call a vanilla version of Cassie. Like I was very like toned down. I was like, Ooh, this is yeah. a new industry. I've got to be careful. Yeah. And then I realized I just don't like vanilla Cassie. She's kind of boring. And yeah. so I was like, I just want to be the real me. And my friends were noticing they're like, you're so different online now compared to who you are in person. And I was like, this makes no sense. I'm not doing this anymore. And then I was able to like fully step into me and letting people see me, but I was afraid because it was a new industry and I wanted to make yeah. a good first impression. Yeah. Like your friends were like in person, you're so like expressive and funny or opinion. Yeah. And then online, you're so kind of like. Very you know, reserved. Very reserved. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so many, so many people are, I imagine your clients are too. And when they hire you, they're wanting to express themselves more so, yeah some of them yeah some of them find it difficult to express themselves because there's fear of yeah. all kinds of different things and so we do work on that a lot actually owning who you are and letting your true self show because that's who people want the real you yeah. we can yeah. tell if you're not being the real you even if we like the vanilla you we know there's another layer there's some so how like get, can we get granular for a second like how do they mm -hmm. actually do that like I know it's a process in this but like what do you have them practicing and doing to bring that real voice forward? Really, the, the thing is, is just say the things you want to say. My yeah. biggest thing that helped me a lot when it came to content was say what you want to say in the moment that you feel like this physical activation. And normally mm -hmm. for me, that's like different thoughts and experiences and things that I'm overhearing or things that I'm witnessing yeah. and it will like create this like physical reaction in my body. And I'm like, okay, I've got something to say. And yeah. then I just start writing and I just start saying the thing. And then my rule, and it still is to this day, is I write it and then I leave. Like I close my laptop or I turn off my phone and I go do something else because I'll talk myself out of it and be like, you should have said that. People are going to get mad or something like that. Yeah. So oh. I walk away and that's, that is kind of a practice that we do as well with my clients. And it's probably the hardest thing for them is I'm, I want to refresh. I want to wa like watch and see if the comments come in. I want to see if people, yeah. you know, get it or they don't get it. And that I find is what holds us back the most is when we're sitting there waiting for a reaction. Yeah. That's such a good actionable tip and such a good practice, but you also post and run, Pardon? post and run, post and run. Post and run. I love that. <laughs> I think come back later when you're like, okay, you know what? Things are fine. Yeah. 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 Exactly. When you've like down-regulated, gone on a walk, um, yeah. but you're also really strategic. Like you have, like my sense is like you to create the beautiful intentional content and copy you do. That can't just be like, I had a thought post and run. Like there's other stuff happening that's making it so beautiful, truly. And 
um, driving to like these clear offers? Like how, how did you start building out that structure? Well, I can say that sometimes it really is just like that. I have a thought, I say the thought and I leave, like I walk out of the room like that, that is still part of what I do. But then if it's like, I want to say this thing and I want to say it because I'm selling this upcoming program on that subject or something, then I'm just like, okay, how do I make sure it ties in with what we're going to be talking about in the program? Got it. That would be really the only thing. And then the other thing I think about too, is for 99% of my content, it's, is there something valuable here for them? Is there something that they're going to get from this? Even if it's just me sharing my opinion and it's them realizing, oh, okay, I'm not alone in feeling this way. That's enough for me, but there's got to be something that they're getting from it. Otherwise it's just, just stuff on the internet. doesn't do anything. Yeah. 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 Totally. That makes sense. Um, so now you're the business that you run is very fun and sustainable because you went through that experience, right. And you, and you, and you went through that experience of needing to be hospitalized. So how, how do you define that? Because fun and sustainable, I think is different for everybody. What is, what does that mean for you? Well, fun for me is essentially just, I look forward to it and I always want to do it. And even though I think this is where there's some confusion for people sometimes when they find out, I, I really only work two to four hours a day, most days. Yeah. And they're like, but how, like you have so much content. I see you all the time. And it's like, how are you doing that? Like, it's just so fun for me that I'm, I do it so quickly. It's easy. Right. I do it so much that it becomes faster and easier for me. So yeah. it doesn't take as much time, but then there's some days where I'll sit and I'll work for maybe not 16 hours, 18 hours a day yeah. anymore, but yeah. you know, eight or nine hours, I will sure. just sitting there going, wow, where did the day go? But I'm just yeah. having so much fun, you know, building out offers or doing whatever I'm doing. That's enjoyable. So yeah. for me, fun is just, I don't have to like amp myself up to do it. I just, I want to do it. I look forward to do it, do it to doing it. So that's fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. Yeah. You've really, um, it's like a creative outlet for you and you get, just get in the zone. Um, and so stuff that might take someone like six hours can take you an hour or 30 minutes. Yeah. But I mean, it also, at some point it did take me an hour to do the thing that now takes me five minutes, 10 minutes to do. So again, it's something like over time, the more you do it, the more consistent you are with it, the faster you get at it. And it doesn't take you much time. So if you're new to business, I always tell people like, it's going to take you longer than it takes me because I've been doing it so much longer. So just, you've got to stay with it and just be able to put in the time, but eventually it will require less and less time from you unless you want to physically be there more and do more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You, that, that's really clear. Like that, that's the core message I get from you is like, stay the course, play the long game, be patient, like stick with it. Um, for people, cause a lot of people who listen to this, like they're either just starting or kind of getting to their first, even like two, $3,000 months. Like, I don't I know those days are like a long time ago for you now, but how, like, what's your top advice for those like early stages or even just going from like a one-on-one and just starting to add that group offer? The Biggest thing I would say for those who are new, other than focus on the long game, for sure, is number one. But also, you've got to prioritize the brand and the brand, like content and things like that, the offers, 
that all falls under the brand. So the brand has to be really solid, meaning you just have to know who you are, what you stand for, what you're about. It doesn't have to be like physical, like a physical brand of like certain colors and fonts and pictures. It's just like a feeling and also a message behind it and a mission behind it that you have to be clear on that. And then just create as much content as you can share as much value as you can. In the early days for me, I gave away all my paid content because this was back when I used to create content before I would sell it for like programs and stuff. So I gave it all away for free. That was all my social media content. So I could you know, build that credibility really quickly. People could implement the things I was sharing, have some type of a quick win and be like, oh, okay. She, whoever this random person is that I just saw, she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. So create a lot of content like that. Don't be afraid of giving away too much for free. I know a lot of people worry about that. Yeah. I don't really believe there is such a thing as giving away too much for free. So yeah, yeah. tell me why as not. much as you can. Let's, let's well, go into that. Yeah. I really feel like People are not just hiring you to learn things. They're hiring you because sure, they want to learn things, but they want to learn things from you. They want to understand why you do certain things. So if you just share a bunch of like how-to content, that's not all they want. They want to know the why. Why is this the how-to? And that comes through in the paid content. You can still give a lot of value for free. Interesting, right? Because in the paid content, there'll be the stories and this moment and the cliffhanger and the moment you thought you were going to quit and like that. And what people really come for is like, they see part of themselves in you and they want to learn it from you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I've, I've had that experience where, you know, I had a mentor at the time tell me you're, you're giving too much for free. Cause like I said, I did this right at the beginning. Yeah. And because I was still new to the industry, I was like, oh, okay, well, I hired this person for a reason. Clearly yeah. they know what they're talking about. So yeah. I'm not going to give any value anymore. I'm just going to like yeah. occasionally share something. And number one, it was boring because yeah. I couldn't talk about what I wanted to talk about. So it wasn't fun. Yeah. And the other thing is my sales went down. Wow. My sales went down when I stopped giving value, like yeah. more so than when I was just giving free value, which when I told her that she was like, that blows my mind. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to my way. Thanks. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. I think we all have that moment of like, oh, the, the teacher told me to do this. So I do that and go against our yeah. own instincts. And that yeah. pain becomes the biggest driver to always follow your own instincts. Yes. I think we all kind of have to learn that at some point. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's not a big, huge blow up that that has yeah. to, ha- that has to happen, but having that realization is, it's important to see that it can work anyway. And it's not even that the mentor was wrong. I was wrong because I didn't actually tune in and be like, Hmm, do I really want to do it that way? I was just like, yes, ma'am, I will do it just like that. So it's like learning to trust yourself is part of the process. So well said, so important. And, um, on the topic of giving away so much value, I'm curious on your thoughts on this, because I also feel that because I, for the reasons you described, if I'm doing like wealth coaching or personal finance, there's, there's a bajillion people on the internet teaching that, but the people that come to exactly. me, they're like, Oh, Jen's ADHD, Jen's super sensitive. And okay. So maybe she could teach me this stuff that like budget dog or other people couldn't, you know, it would be weird. But what are your thoughts on like, everything's been said before there. So my thoughts are like, everything's been said before. There's no real IP, right? Everything's been kind of, but because my background's more yoga, where really it's like this stuff's all 4,000 years old. No one, no one 
who is alive yeah. invented anything really. So like we're all yeah. doing the same stuff essentially. And then it's our, you know, it's our personality that gives different yoga teachers or movement teachers their growth or following their community. But when I got into coaching really recently, like under a year ago, there's all of this talk of IP, IP, IP. And I get that from being in tech where you, there's actual patents and processes that are patented and ideas, but it seems like here people talk about IP, but nothing's been patented. It's just this like label given to an idea. And to be honest, still baffles me. So you're an OG, you've been in the industry for a long time. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. I'm kind of in the middle, like, yeah. of course, nobody's like creating new things. Like everything's been done when it comes to business sales, there's some stuff that's relatively unique, but it's not brand new. Like it's not new completely. So I think the thing that bothers me the most personally, yeah. when I see it is if somebody takes my words and they're basically yeah. just like copy paste, Oh yeah. You know, that, like that's that different. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. different. But when it comes to ideas and, and things that you're talking about, like we're all talking about the same things. It's how we put our own spin on it and yeah. the way that we deliver it. Like I can learn personal finance from two different people. And with one person, it's going to land for me so much better than the other yeah. person. It doesn't mean the other person is bad or wrong. It yeah. just means they're wrong for me. That's all. Got it. Yeah. A, a, a thousand percent. And do you um, like credit teachers? Do you think it's important to be like this? This is something, this idea I'm just chewing on. I'm loving it. I learned it from this mentor. Or do you feel like eh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. If, if it's a, like a relatively unique thing, I would. Yes. Yeah. I would say I was talking with my mentor and she brought this up or yeah. something like that, or I learned this from, you know, her program or whoever, then yes, for sure. But Got if it, it's yeah. something where it's like, this is a new sales strategy that I'm trying based on what I witnessed other people doing, I probably yeah. wouldn't. I would just say, this is a new strategy I'm trying. This is a new strategy. Yeah. And then at a certain time, all the things they start to blend and it's like, where do my thoughts end and their thoughts yeah. begin? And it just becomes kind of your own voice. But yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's an art and a science and like almost everything in business, it's like tuning in and your body will kind of know, like, is exactly. this the time to kind of, you know, credit or not? Um, yeah. Okay. I want to talk about these. You talk, you talk about breaking the rules you've touched on that a little bit but tell me more about rules that you broke of course there was this one that was like stop giving away free value you broke that rule yeah what are other rules that you broke oh where do I start um I mean the sales call one is a big one um yeah. I was told I had to do sales calls or yeah. nobody would hire me for one-on-one -on -one, especially high ticket I yeah. did that for a while, didn't like it. It felt very much like convincing. Like I had to convince people why they should hire me. I hated that. So yeah. I said, no, thank you. If you have questions, I'm willing to talk with you in messenger, but we don't need to book a call. Yeah. Like, I just don't do that. Yeah. Um, so sales call sales pages is another one too. Yeah. I have one sales page for my inner circle. That's yeah. it, which is like my year long membership. I don't yeah. have pro I, I create too many things. It would take forever to, for my team to constantly be putting together sales pages. So no sales pages, just a payment link for like 99% of my offers. Yeah. Um, another favorite of mine is videos. And this was one that was like drilled into me from the very beginning. And it's, I still see this a lot is you have to be on camera. You have to do videos. You have to do reels. You have to do yeah. all these different videos and things because video is the way of the future, yeah. which 
sure might be true, but I just don't like being on video most of the time. So I'm like, let's see what happens if I ignore this rule. And I just do a lot of more text-based content and my sales went up when I started to experiment with that. I was like, oh, okay. So really it's, again, just comes back to trusting yourself and doing the things that feel good. I think it's important to try. So if somebody says, oh, you should try sales calls or you should try doing more live streams or something like that. Sure. Try it and see how it feels. But if you're trying it, you're like, I hate this. Like, I don't even want to show up to my business to do this. Then it's probably not the right fit. Or even maybe the way you're doing it is not the right fit. Try doing it a different way. Sure. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you really take that scientific approach. Like, sure. If you want to test something, run an experiment, then observe, like, how do you feel? How did this land for your community, et cetera, and then adjust as needed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love experimentation. I will experiment with anything, Yeah. but I will be, I'll throw it out immediately. If I can tell this is not the way for me. Yeah. And you measure that bit both on these external results and then internally uh, about how you're feeling. Yeah. And when you mentioned, um, it like stuck in my brain, like these values, that are your brand, you said solidify your brand, which isn't font or colors. What's an example, either like explain to us the driving um, vision and brand behind what you put out there. Like, what do you define it by pillars? Do you define it by a vibe? Like what's your. Hmm, I think it's more, definitely more the feeling, more the, the vibe of it. And for me, that's always been about just freedom, like creative freedom, freedom Mm -hmm. with how I show up, how I build my business, what I say on social media, not putting myself into a box, not following all the rules. If I don't like the rules, like doing things our own way, like we get to do it our way and our way is going to be the successful way for us. And to really just, again, trust ourselves always comes back to trusting ourselves. But the other thing that, that I say too, is the a big like brand value for us is to lead ourselves is another one as well. It's like stop waiting for other people to give us permission. Stop waiting for, you know, external circumstances to tell us, okay, now's the right time. Or this is the right thing to do. Like just you're able to just make a decision and go for it and not have to wait for anyone else to tell you it's time. Yeah. Is that the, is that the main thing you find yourself repeating the most to your, to your, paid clients to your community? No, I, it's a, it's a big piece. I think the, the most common thing that comes up in with private clients is long haul. Like Mm. people are so focused on, I want to get results. Great. We all want to get results, but I want to get results like now. And I just, or I just changed my business and I made this huge change and everything's falling apart. I think I'm going to have to go get a regular job when really it's like, just chill out. (laughs) Like you just made a huge change. You've got to let things like catch up now. So like really just holding the vision long-term and playing the game long-term instead of how do I get everything right now today? Right. Yeah. And, and how do they create safety within themselves. Cause sometimes, you know, all clients say that too. And sometimes they can afford, I mean, very literally um, for it to take longer, but some just can't like what, what happens, you know, and I'm curious too about this narrative of bravery. Cause I'm sure you followed like um, sometimes just like we said, like a, 
if something can become a compulsion, right? It, this bravery can be read. And I don't, I don't think any coach means it when they say this, like just keep buying the next thing, the next thing until, until you're like up to your eyeballs in debt, unable to take yeah. any action because you're paralyzed with anxiety. Um, but then also trust the process. So like, so what do you say to that client? That's just so like, I need to make money to pay the rent and pay my debtors like this month, not in six months. I think it's important to recognize where you're at. Like every, every season that we have is an important season. And sometimes there's a season of, I need to make money. And I know there's some coaches who are like, you shouldn't sell from a place of desperation. It's like, well, sometimes I'm desperate and I need money to pay for the roof over my head. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a lot of shame around that, but sometimes that's just the season of, of life that we're in. It's like, I'm in a season of need. Yeah. And I'm not going to make myself wrong for that. And that's kind of how I was when I had those successful few years and then everything blew up. It was like, okay, now I'm in a season of need. And so I was selling from a place of desperation, but I was still selling things of value and I was still selling things that I had fully embodied. It wasn't like I was selling random stuff that I thought people would buy. So it's, we can still sell that or do the things that we need to do to receive the money we need to receive to pay. I don't think you have to keep putting more and more money into programs and courses and things like that, unless you see something and you're like, I really am drawn to this and I do think it'll help me. But most of the time you've probably already purchased things. Go back and re-listen or re-watch those things. Like you don't need to buy a new thing. That's the exact same subject. If you already have something. Yes. Yeah. Slow clap to that. I, I feel the same way. Um, so in those years when you were rebuilding, um, how did you kind of like, you know, play it cool when you're like, I need this sale to come through. Don't follow up. It's almost like when you're dating a guy, you know, don't check my phone. Don't reach out to him. Like, how did you hold yourself in those years? I kept myself busy. That's, that's pretty much what it was. I kept myself busy, not to the point of exhaustion, like before, but I kept myself busy. I continued to learn. I, this was more a practice of learning around about uh, money for me more so than like business and sales. Like I was pretty good with that already. It was more the management of money and the holding of money and the feeling safe with money. That was kind of my struggle then. So it was, I was learning, I was reading, I was watching whatever I had access to, to, cause I couldn't afford new things to, to learn more and understand more. And then when it came to the business so that I could receive money, I was just experimenting. I'm going to try this offer. I'm going to do it this type of way. And maybe I'll do this offer again that I did last year, but I'll add this bonus module to it. Or like, I just experimented, but I was constantly selling. I had a lot. This is when I first started to kind of dip my toe into not just selling multiple things at once, but selling a lot of multiple things at once and selling consistently in all the places that I could. Amazing. And how did you like keep track of it in your head? Or you're just like, I'm just going to keep shipping and like not worry about it. It was chaos. Yeah, it was chaos. (laughs) It was, it was somewhat organized chaos, but it really was, it was chaos. It was, I'm going to throw this and I'm going to throw that. And then, Oh, this thing stuck. Okay. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to deliver it. And so I figured it out later. I was like, let's just take action and figure out, you know, the follow through later, which worked for me then. Yeah. We'll mess around, mess around and figure it out. And now you do that to an extent, but probably with just some more strategic planning because you have more of the data. 
Yeah. And there's more of a structure now too. And I like the ways that I do things are pretty consistent for the most part, but I also have my team and I didn't, I had an assistant back then, but I, she wasn't really doing this type of work for me. So now I have my team where it's like, I can message them now and say, I want a link for this new thing that I just came up with five minutes ago and I'll have a link right away and right. I can go and sell the thing and they'll create the welcome email and they'll do everything behind the scenes. So I do have some support now that I didn't have back then for the yeah. delivery of it. Yeah, that is huge. Like when do you suggest people start adding like that support and how do you scale up the support? Cause I imagine at the beginning you had your assistant and then you brought maybe one more person for specific things. Like what was that progression for you? So I actually hired my first assistant pretty soon after I started. I don't think that's necessary for most people, but for me, I had just the way I was, I was doing things. I needed tech support and I'm the last yeah. person who should be yes. touching anything tech related. So I was yeah. like, I need to hire somebody for that. And then also customer support I, because I was showing up so much, I was getting a lot of messages and of course I can respond to messages, but there was just so many yeah. that I couldn't keep up and create all the content that I was creating and selling all, all the times I was selling. So that was what my assistant focused on was anything tech related and then customer support. And I think I had her working for me for maybe two years or something like that before yeah. I hired my next person who was not full-time, but not part-time kind of like right in, in the middle there. And yeah. she just did all the other like odds and ends that needed to be done that my other assistant couldn't do. Okay. Um, and then my first assistant left cause she was starting another business completely different. Yeah. Um, and so my second assistant became like my full first full-time person. She came on, did everything. And it was in February, 2022 that I hired the next person to okay. come in. So my, I had my first, no, second assistant, yeah. um, for like four years or something. Like it was just us, just her and I doing things. Right. And then my second person was last year, early last year. Okay. And when you say tech support, I mean like building websites, like what? Yeah. So I, I did a lot of sales pages in the wow. beginning. So she yeah. would do a lot of the sales pages. Um, she also helped with Entreport for our email, like our email system, because um, there's a lot of tech involved in that. So she managed all of that. If she needed to call them because she's like, we're trying to send this kind of email, it's not working. She would do the phone calls and stuff like that too. Yeah. And then and I, I also had a lot of stuff on WordPress because I had, I, I still had a blog. So she did all of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember using WordPress in like 2013, 14. And it was like, yeah. Oh my God. It was so not user-friendly. I'm like, how it did not, and it still isn't to this day. Like I still, still have yeah. it, but I don't really use it, but it's, it's still the same. Yeah. Yeah. And we would, um, I remember like battling with that. And I think I clicked one button and the whole website like broke. Yep. And, and like, then you can't get it back. It's yeah, just gone forever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's the tools are so much are so much more friendlier now, like that you can kind yes. of customize things so much. There's so many other options that are way better. Yeah. Yeah. So much easier. Oh, I want to say you've kind of spoken to this. Um, okay. So just if it will wrap up soon, but what would be your top three tips? Okay. For each one. So we're going to do money sales and social media. Okay. So your oh, top okay. three tips or practices or important okay. things to remember with money. 
so many more than three. Okay. Top, <laughs> top three would be, I think the most important thing, and this is going to sound so basic and nobody likes to hear it, but pay yourself, mm. <laughs> like stop waiting until you buy the things you want or pay your bills. Like pay yourself before anyone else, even if it's just like a hundred bucks, uh, like a month, just, just right. give yourself money first, get into that practice because you're technically an employee of your, com of your company. You should be getting paid. You right. can increase your pay over time, but pay yourself. Right. Um, Meaning like this is habit. coming to me and not as opposed to just yep. pay all the business expenses, the contract then pay myself. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Because yeah. very rarely, especially in the early stages, you're investing a lot. Very rarely you get to the end of the month. You're like, oh, there's nothing to pay my, to pay me. Okay. Yeah. I'll just wait till next month. But then we do this and do this and do this. So yeah, pay yourself first. And then if there is extra at the end of the month that you want to pay yourself, pay yourself again. Like that's, yes. that's okay. But get in the habit of just saving money or, or paying yourself and saving money for you. Yes. And then on the topic of saving money, that's the other one that nobody likes to hear saving your money, yeah. <laughs> put some money aside because yes. there's going to come a time when you have an unexpected bill. You won't know when it's coming, but it will definitely be when you have no money. Yeah. So <laughs> for sure, put money aside for that, but yeah. also you're going to want to invest in things and yeah. you know, you're going to want to have the money there so that you're not scrambling. Cause that's what can create like yucky feelings around money sometimes. Yeah. So save your money and pay yourself are, are two things. Yeah. And then the other thing is to just have a relationship with money. Don't avoid money, spend time with it, look at it, learn about it, play with it, meaning like spend it, invest it, save it, move it around, like just get comfortable with it. Because I find that's the biggest thing for so many people is they're so uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's often just because they're not educated in money. They don't understand it and it feels scary and overwhelming. So start putting time aside. Like I have a once a day or not once a day, once a week, I yeah. spend time with money. It's my money date. And we just yeah. hang out and we, we talk No, And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, okay. I just look at things and it's the yeah. awareness and it's the understanding that makes me feel safe with money. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Okay. Three tips for sales. Oh, for sales. Okay. So money pathways is a big one. So have different not just different offers, but different ways that people can discover those offers. So instead of just, I have an offer and every time I have an offer, I send an email to my list. Yeah. Great. Send it to your list, but also post it on Instagram stories. Also go live about it. Also, yeah. you know, attach it to another payment page or sales page that you have as like an upsell, like yeah. put it in as many places as possible. So your offers have more visibility. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the okay. first one. I wish I started doing that sooner. Um, I would also say multiple offers, like have multiple offers, but like a diversified suite of offers. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be huge, like where you have a million different things, but at least have a handful of offers that are like a different type of offer and a different price point so yes. that you can reach people no matter where they're at or what they're looking for. There's always something for someone. Okay. And then the other one, which is, hey, wait, I want to pause you on that. Cause how yeah. is it true that those offers might cannibalize each other? For example, you have your thousand dollar, eight week something, but then you also have a $50 a month, uh, membership for blah, blah. Like, are you risking one eating the other? Like the client that might've bought the thousand dollar thing is going to buy the $50 thing. No, if you do it properly, meaning there's got to be the way that you deliver it is different. So if I look at like, 
my quantum sales program, which is all about sales. It's a bigger program. But then I also have like, I think four or five different masterclasses on sales and it's topics that are covered in that program. But in the masterclasses, I don't go as deep into those subjects. You know, it's like, it's more surface level information, still valuable, but it's basic. So they're going to more likely come into the program if they want everything all in one place and they want more depth. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that because it's important to know and you're the ninja. Okay. So sorry. So that was two. So it was pathways. That was two. Sweet. Multiple offers. Yeah. Yes. And then the third one is an annoying one for most people, probably the most annoying one ever. They say they're like, I hate this one. Um, sell all the time. (laughs) Like just, if you want to make money, you've got to sell. So it doesn't mean you have to like physically be posting your offers. Cause that can feel overwhelming to be like, yes. sell all day, every day, yes. but have some like automation, have some yes. selling behind the scenes that's happening as well. Yes. So that again, no matter when somebody comes onto your social media page or when, no matter when they open their email, there's always an offer available. Yeah. There's so good. Yes. And that, that is your, that is your tough love that part that yes. you're not afraid to tell You've them. Got to sell. <laughs> but I appreciate yeah. that because when people are like, it's just so easy. And then it's like, well, no, it's not, you know, so it's so work. It is work. Preparing. It can feel easy, but that's yeah. usually because you've been doing it for a while and it's, yeah. it's fast. You're faster at it and you just love it. So yeah. yeah, it can feel easy, but there's certainly days where it's like, I really don't feel like it today. Yeah. Like, I still, I had that on what day is it today? There's on Monday. I had that. I was like, I just want to nap today. Like, I don't want to, I had a yeah. crappy sleep. I don't want to do anything today. I still showed up. I still posted my content. I still sold my offers. Yeah. That's why you, that's why you're making eight figures. That's why yeah, you're it's the it. consistency. It's important. It's so yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. No, people feel it and they feel safe and they feel that you're like in it, in it to win it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then the three social media top tips, uh, social media. Okay. Um, I think the main thing I would say with social media, the, one of the biggest mistakes I see people make other than lack of consistency. So that's like a bonus one, actually be consistent, um, is they try to be everywhere all at once and they do it horribly because they're not good at any of them because they haven't mastered them yet because they're spread too thin. Yeah. So like pick your one platform, get really comfortable with it, learn it, understand it master it in a sense, like get comfortable in that, in that way, then you can add another platform because of course we want to be in as many places as we can, but if you're posting or showing up in like five different places, yeah, but you're not really the greatest at any of them because you're spread too thin, it's not going to work for you. So yeah, get really good at one, add another, then another until you feel good. Like I really just stick with Instagram and Facebook. I play around with other platforms, but those are like my two main hubs Yeah, because I know if I was like, okay, I'm going to go on YouTube now. Yeah. I'm going to be lost. I don't know what the heck I'm doing on YouTube. (laughs) Like I need to learn it first. I need to understand it first. Then I can master it and stay consistent. But right now I'm consistent with the ones that I'm good at. Yeah. Do you think you would ever add like a YouTube or a TikTok or you're just like, my business is working with I don't like video, so probably not. Right, probably not. Yeah, are, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Video, uh, but you know which one I think I might do now if it sticks around is Threads. It's Threads, yeah, because it's text. You're, I you're, love text. You're so funny on Threads, like in all of your content. But I remember that, and now Threads is banned in, in the UK or Europe, so I can't even enjoy it anymore. But I know in those ridiculous. in that really fun like first week, like you're yeah. you're 
threads were making me laugh so much. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's because that's just my, my way. It's like, it's text. Like I get my point across a lot easier. I can be fully myself more yeah. so in text than I can elsewhere. I find. Yeah. So that's, that's what I, I think. So if it sticks around, I'm sure if not any platform where I can be like heavy into text, yeah. That's where I'm I'm for sure going to spend. I mean, why don't you time. post on on tw- uh, Twitter? It's called X now, but I never liked the vibe of Twitter. It was yeah. such a negative space. Yeah. Like everything I... felt negative and heavy there, so I I just didn't like it. I totally totally hear you. Um yeah. okay, have we done two for social media? So that was be consistent. Um yeah. don't be everywhere all at once. Get really yeah. good at one or one. two and then mm-hmm. maybe stack three, but like learn it. Yeah. And then what's your third yeah. tip? The third one would be to really let people see you on social media because social media isn't just, I'm going to go to this person's social media page to learn something. It's, I want to learn it from them, but why do they want to learn it from you? Because there's something about you that they like. How do they know that? Because you're sharing who you are. So more of the like behind the scenes type content, more of the opinions, like what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what your standards are, what you're you know, what you stand for, what you don't stand for, like those types of things. And then also just like the behind the scenes of your life so that people can see who you are. Like I share pictures of my cats. Sometimes I talk about how I'm like the crazy cat lady lady with all my cats and people love that. I get messages of like, oh my gosh, like you're just like me. I'm a crazy cat lady, like old grandma. I go to bed at eight o'clock too. Like these types of things. So it's like share a little bit of who you are too, because we want to see that. That's why we decide to learn from you and work with you is because we feel like we know who you are. Yeah. You do, you do that so masterfully, uh, truly. And I feel that like, I feel like sometimes people can overdo the, the lifestyle content and it's like, okay, but I'm not, I'm not really learning anything. And what I love about how you show up is there's so much like teach me, teach me, teach me. And I'm getting a clear sense of like who you are and your journey. So yeah, yeah. good stuff. Thank you so much for your time. I know we went over and you just have this like grounding um zen generous energy which is which is such a like an interesting compliment to the like no no nonsense like I'm gonna I get that a lot yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, I'm sure I think I saw everyone's like you know what you talk about behind the scenes content all the time we want to see more of your like smushy little cuddly teddy bear vibes because it's a lot of like the badass vibes so I'm like okay I'll let more of my teddy bear show yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a delightful surprise though. It's like I think it's better than yeah. the other way around. If someone was like a delightful teddy bear, then you meet them and they're like, listen, that is true. I would rather it be this way. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're such a delight. Thank you so much for your time in this conversation. No, thank you. This has been awesome. Hey, building wealth can be a delightful experience that heals the world and keeps your humanity intact. Want to deepen these practices? Get on my email list. I've been known to send emails that open the floodgates of delightful wealth creation. Want to have fun with these teachings alongside a group of smart, caring, hilarious humans? Join the next round of Wealth Delight, or you can book one of my highly coveted three-session intro to one-on-one coaching packages. Together, 
we will co-create the transformation. Click the link in my show notes for all the details and updates. All right. Love you for realsies.